chapter 9, we're going to begin in verse 1. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. When mine enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish in thy presence. For thou hast maintained my right and my cause. Thou satest, thou satest in the throne, judging right. Thou hast rebuked the heathen. Thou hast destroyed the wicked. Thou hast put out their name forever and ever. O thou enemy, destructions are come to a perpetual end, and thou hast destroyed cities. Their memorial is perished with them, but the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment. And he shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. <coughs> the Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Sing praises to the Lord which dwelleth in Zion. Declare among the people his doings. When he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them. He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my trouble, which I suffer of them that hate me. 
Thou that liftest me up from the gates of death, that I may show forth all thy praise in the gates of the daughter of Zion. I will rejoice in thy salvation. The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they made, and the net which they hid is their own foot taken. The Lord is known by the judgment which he executed. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. Higayan Salah. The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten. The expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. So long. Maybe so long. Let's pray. God, help us to remember that we are only dust without you. And God, I pray for every born-again believer that we would live as your children if your spirit does indeed dwell within us. God, I pray that we would not quench your spirit or grieve your Holy Spirit through our sinful actions or the omissions, the failures to do those things that you have asked us to do. God, I pray that you would fill us now or that we would confess our faults before you and get right with you so that we can commune both with each other and with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, as we go through your word, I pray that you would divide between joint and marrow and cut out the cancer of sin or that you would do surgery on our lives. Help us, Lord, to be pure in heart to have clean hands, to have feet that are ready to go and share the gospel, the good news. Lord, help us to have a belt of truth and a breastplate of righteousness and a helmet of salvation and a shield of faith. And Lord, help us to hide your word in our hearts so that we will know how to sword fight with the devil by your word. God, strengthen and encourage us for the days ahead and help us, Lord, to be in tune with what you would have us to do and say where to go, how to live. Help us each and every one, Lord, to take up our cross every day after we die to ourselves and to follow him. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, Psalm chapter 9, it says, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. Um, have you ever gotten half-hearted praise for somebody, from somebody? Uh, you know, if I were to say to my wife, she just stepped out for a minute, I said, well, I guess you look all right today. <laughs> How do you think she would take that? I mean, it wouldn't go over too well for me. And, and if I say, oh, you're just beautiful, she would say, shut up. You know, just hush it. You know, it's one of those things. But, uh, you know, you, you have to really use your whole heart if you're going to praise God. Because, let's face it, you've had some praise music on in the background before and you're just humming along to it and you're not really singing it. But then there's some days where you're so in tune with the Holy Spirit of God that you can be weeping while driving down the road singing a praise song. I mean, it's just whole heart praise and worship. And some of us, were here today. It's gloomy outside. It's raining. You may be ready for a good nap. That's fine. You go ahead asleep. But for the rest of us, we're going to praise the Lord and honor Him through the reading and studying of His Word, through preaching, through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And our hearts to the Lord. 
I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy mar marvelous works. Well, it would take us all day if every one of us went around and talked about the marvelous works of God in our lives. He's done a lot of good for me, and I know he has for you. Verse 2, it says, I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. It's important in your interactions with God before you begin praying and asking him for stuff that you butter him up a little bit. I mean, if you go to your parents and say, I need $1,000, and they look at you like you're crazy. I mean, that's, that's what happens sometimes. I mean, that, your kids will come up and ask for a brand new car or a, you know, whatever. They'll ask for the world. And, and sometimes your kids think that you're just made out of money, like you're an ATM, right? That's not how it is. But we serve and worship a God that owns the cattle of a thousand hills. He has everything at his disposal. But I would encourage you, before you go and ask him for um, a field full of cattle, that you spend some time praising his name, acknowledging who he is and what he's done in the past for you. David would ask God for all kinds of things in some of these psalms, but before he would ask of anything, he would begin by praise. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. When mine enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. David had a name and a reputation that preceded him. If he showed up, they said, that's the giant killer. That's the one who has killed tens of thousands of people. But notice, it's not his own name. It's God's name that he goes for again. And when he went to face Goliath, it was to honor God. And sometimes we will take our victories from the past and take credit for them when it was really God that did it. And if we forget that, we're ready for failure. We live in a country that has experienced a lot of success but I'm afraid if we turn our backs on God as a nation, we're in trouble, in danger. So we have to acknowledge God in everything that we do. In verse 4 it says, For thou hast maintained my right and my cause. Thou sattest in the throne judging right. God knows who we are. He knows what we've done. He knows where the godly and the righteous people are. Before he would go down and pour out his judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah, he went to find out if there were any righteous people there first. Of course, the Lord knew that there was just one man that he wanted to rescue out of that place, and that was Lot. Just one man out of a whole city. And he was able to get that man out of that city before fire and brimstone fell upon it. So we don't have to be afraid. I mean, there, there are cities that have gone through all kinds of turmoil throughout history. But God is able to rescue his own. He's able to preserve them. And for David, he preserved him over and over again, though he faced armies that were much larger than him. Verse 5, it says, Thou hast rebuked the heathen. Thou hast destroyed the wicked. Thou hast put out their name forever and ever. The Bible says it's better to have a good name than great wealth. But I want to look at Proverbs chapter 10. Verse 7, will be up on the screen there. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 7 says, The memory of the just is blessed, 
but the name of the wicked shall rot. What kind of name do you have? Um, somebody, maybe it was yesterday, said, so-and-so died and it was some famous person. And I said, who? He said, you know, such-and-such's such brother. I was like, I don't know who that is. And, and they mentioned some, some pop band. And I was like, oh, well, I've heard of them before. So, you know, I, there's some of these people that pass away and, and maybe you've seen one of those memorials and they'll, they'll show people who've been in the movies and, and years ago and you just have no clue who they are. And they were really famous back in their day and they may have been famous to your grandparents or maybe even to your parents, but by your generation, they're forgotten. Sometimes wicked people's names, they just rot. They don't last. Thou hast rebuked the heathen, thou hast destroyed the wicked. Thou hast put out their name forever and ever. So some of these names, they, they are not in the Lamb's book of life. They won't remain. Verse 6. O thou enemy, destructions are come to a perpetual end. And thou hast destroyed cities. Their memorial is perished with them. But the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment. How long does God last? Forever. How long does God's enemies last? Not long. That's right. I mean, it's, it's very easy to answer those questions. Whose side do you want to be on? God's side or the enemy of God? Okay, there we go. I mean, this is, this is elementary 101. But somehow, we join forces with the devil in some of the things that we do, the things that we say, the things that we interact with, uh, where we put our money, where we put our time, energy, efforts. For some reason, we're working for the enemy and saying that we belong to God. Why do we do that? There's something within us that longs for that. We're God's children, yes. We, we belong to Him, and yet sometimes we act like we're children of the devil. Sometimes we know better, and we do it anyway. We misbehave. But the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared His throne for judgment, and He shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. Verse 9. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. For that verse, I want to turn to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. should be up here. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Now, how can somebody's name be protection for you? Well, I was driving on Highway 2 towards Kasuf High School as a teenager. I had this little white, fast, convertible car, and I was late for school. And a highway patrolman gave me a certificate of completion. And I had to tell my daddy, I think it was my very first ticket that I ever got. But when the highway patrolman found out that I was Mushy Marsh's boy, he told me, he said, if you would have mentioned that to me, I wouldn't have given you a ticket. And I thought, well, now you tell me. I mean, goodness gracious, if I would only said his name, 
It would have saved me the trouble. A name can be protection for you. Now, I didn't sit there and say, do you know who my daddy is? I didn't do that. I wish I would have. <laughs> no, I didn't. But since my wife is not in here, let me tell you about her situation. Uh-oh. When she was a teenager, she got pulled over by a police officer in her hometown. And there was a guy who was with another police officer. A couple of them were there. And, and so the first guy goes up to the window, and he looks at her license, and he said, um, Who's your daddy? She said, Alan Hardy. He said, I can't give you a ticket. Your daddy will kill you. <laughs> so he walked back to the car and that other guy said well I'll give her a ticket I don't care if she's my mama and he walked up there and he said uh, he that license he said who's your daddy and she said Alan Hardy he said I can't give you a ticket either <laughs> lo and behold her brother drove by and saw her and he went and told her daddy oh she's still alive but her father was one of the ones that helped start the police force in her hometown. And so he had trained the two guys that walked up beside her car. I tell you these stories because I need you to understand who your daddy is. If your heavenly father is looking after you and you get in trouble, he can both save you and discipline you. He can help you on both sides of that equation. He can rescue you from the death to come. And he can preserve you unto eternal life. His name is a strong tower. Run into it and be safe. Verse 10. And they that know <clears throat> thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. God won't leave you and he won't forsake you. Sing praises to the Lord which dwelleth in Zion. Declare among the people his doings. You need to be talking about what the Lord has done in your life. People won't acknowledge it. They don't want to admit it. But if you will tell your co-workers and family and children and everybody in your life what he has done for you, it will be a witness and a testimony. God has been good to me. Let me tell you how. I mean, fill in the blanks. Sing praises to the Lord which dwelleth in Zion. Declare among the people his doings. Verse 12. When he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them. He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. We're going to go to two different passages in Genesis here if you'd like to look at them. First one is in chapter 9, verse 5. Genesis chapter 9, verse 5. And you know, while you're turning there, if you'd like to, Genesis 9, 5, it says, When he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them, for he forgetteth not the cry of the humble. So even though your enemies may destroy you or slay you or spill your blood, look at Genesis 9, verse 5. It's, this is after Noah got off the boat. And surely your blood of your lives will I require at the hand of every beast will I require it and at the hand of man at the hand of every man's brother will I require the life of man 
Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man. Capital punishment. This is taking somebody else's life because they have taken the life of another. But I want to turn back a couple of pages to Genesis chapter 4, verse 9. So you can turn there. It's not very far. Genesis 4, verse 9. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. So going back to Psalm chapter 9, verse 12, when he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them. He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. If your blood is shed, or the blood of those that you love and care for, the enemies of God will end up paying for that. God will remember. Christ died in our place. He avenged us. He atoned for us. But we were the enemies. It was blood that we had shed. That Christ suffered in our place. And our blood should have been shed. Preacher, I ain't never killed nobody. Killed Jesus. While he was there hanging on the cross, he asked the Father to forgive the ones who hung him there. We have trouble forgiving somebody that cuts us off in traffic. We need to take his example. Verse 13 of Psalm chapter 9. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my trouble which I suffer of them that hate me. Thou that liftest me up from the gates of death. Verse 14. That I may show forth all thy praise in the gates of the daughter of Zion. I will rejoice in thy <coughs> salvation. If you've been saved, you're supposed to rejoice in it. You're supposed to be glad that you've been saved. So glad that you're willing to tell anybody and everybody who will listen to you about the salvation that you have received from God. But there's a story in the Bible that I want to turn to in 1 Samuel chapter 2. <coughs> this is somebody who had been bullied and abused. Uh, she'd been mistreated. She had prayed earnestly to the Lord, and the Lord answered her request. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2, beginning verse 1. Um, before I start reading this, I'll give you a little backstory. This woman was one of two wives of a man. And her husband's other wife was able to have several children. Elkanah was his name. Penina was the one that could have lots of kids. 
But Panana mocked Hannah, made fun of her and abused her and bullied her. And she was praying in the Lord's house and, and the high priest saw her and said, woman, you need to stop drinking. She said, I ain't drunk, I'm praying to the Lord. <laughs> but he thought she was drunk. She was just praying silently, pouring out her heart before God. And I don't know if it was out of embarrassment or what, but Eli said, well, you'll have your request. You know, just, you know, I'll pray with you that God will give you what you asked for. She dedicated that child to God said, God, if you will give me a child, I'll give him back to you. Just please take away my shame. Please take away this woman's ability to abuse me. To mock me and bully me. About a year later, she comes back bringing that baby boy. She said, when this baby's weaned, or I guess she had to wait until he was weaned to bring him there, she brought him back to that high priest and she dedicated that boy to the Lord. And every year she would come back and make him, throughout the year, a garment to wear for the next year. And as he grew, she would make him a new one. This is her song. After God answered her request, saved her from the hardship that she had faced. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies, because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so exceeding proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and they that stumbled are girded with strength. They that were full have hired out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry ceased, so that the barren hath borne seven, and she that hath many children is waxed feeble. She said, I've had a lot of kids, and that one that was making fun of me, she's old and decrepit. <laughs> the Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he hath set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king, and exalt the horn of his anointing. Those are some powerful words from a woman who couldn't have kids, and then all of a sudden God gave her one. She was able to have others as well. Powerful words that she wrote in testimony to answers 
her prayer. And I wonder, do you praise and honor and glorify God the way that Hannah did? For the things that He's done for you, do you write unto the Lord a new song? Verse 15 of Psalm chapter 9. The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they made, and the net which they hid is their own foot taken. It doesn't do you any good to lay snares for other people. It doesn't do you any good to spend your time contemplating your enemy's downfall. Just trust in the Lord to do everything that needs to be done to judge rightly on your behalf and focus on doing what he's asked you to do. There was a lady, and I read this story not too long ago, who said she came to the pastor and she complained about everything. Everything that was going on, the, the distractions in the sanctuary, and, and this person over here was looking like this, and that person over there doing that. And uh, she was just so upset, and he said, all right, I, I, I need you to do something for me. <clears throat> he went to the kitchen, he got a glass full of water, he filled it up to the brim, and he said, I need you to walk around the sanctuary three times next Sunday. Holding this glass of water. Don't spill a drop. And so she walked around the sanctuary that next Sunday morning. Of course, it looked strange to everybody. And, and some of them were laughing and some of them were carrying on and pointing and looking. But she got around the third time after she walked so carefully around that sanctuary. He said, now tell me about everybody in the room. She said, I can't. I had to focus on this water. He said, if you will focus on the task that God has for you, you won't have time to see what anybody else is doing. You won't have time. Don't worry about the traps that your enemy sets for you. God says they're going to fall in them themselves. Focus on what the Lord has and He will guide you through the path of life. If your ways are right with Him, He will make your enemies to be at peace with you. And even if He kills you, you can trust Him. He can bring you back to life. The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they made, and the net which they hid is their own foot taken. Verse 16, the Lord is known by the judgment which he executed. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. He guided Salah. You don't have to lay traps for anybody. Let God judge the actions of your life. If somebody is trying to unjustly attack you in some way, no weapon formed against you will prosper. I've been hurt by people's words. I've been hurt by people's actions. I've been hurt by a lot of things. But I tell you, the Lord can mend all those wounds. <coughs> and it's only by focusing on the cross that I'm able to forgive those who have harmed me or who have harmed my children or my spouse, my family, my friends, people that I care for. I'm able to forgive those people because I know what God did for me on the cross of Calvary. It is not within us to do those things. It is not within us to forgive people if we can't focus on the cross. Verse 17. The wicked shall be turned into hell. And all the nations that forget God. There's lots of nations in the world. We're not the only one. 
We tend to get really self-centered and focused on who we are and what's going on in our world. Yep, there's an election going on this week on Tuesday. I don't talk much about politics. I'm too busy focused on focusing on God's kingdom. Lots of nations that forsake God, they'll end up in hell. I'm telling you, there's things that are going on in this nation that I'm ashamed to be a part of. I'm ashamed to give my tax dollars to things that defy God. And if I thought there was somewhere that I could go to be apart from that, well, heaven's it. There's no new frontier that we could go to that we will not carry our sins with us. It's only through the cross, through the shed blood of Jesus, that we will get to a city whose founder and maker is God. Until then, we are destined to live in places that defy Him. We have to keep giving our testimony and we have to keep living for Him. Bearing witness. Though the world turn against us and even though they may kill us, we can trust Him. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Verse 18, for the needy shall not always be forgotten. The expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Salam. Political power money, politics of this world. These things are only things that men can do. Yet God is greater. He's beyond all these things. My joy does not rest in the outcome of an election. The politicians that are over the government of this land do not determine my relationship with my father. had somebody, somebody that was um, a friend not too long ago who decided they didn't want to be my friend because I wouldn't answer a political question. My response to that person was, I don't base my friendship off of politics. And that person had no time for me because their whole world revolved around politics of this world. Your worldview determines how you look at life. If you have a biblical worldview, you don't have to be afraid of anything. But I tell you that this world is full of people who live in fear because they don't fear God. Because they refuse to fear the one who could get them out of this situation. And if you turn on any news cycle that goes 24 hours a day, they're going to try to get you to live in fear so that you'll stay tuned. But if you'll turn it off and read this right here, you'll see who's really in control of the governments of the world. He can take a king and make him go out in a field and eat grass like an oxen. He can tell the ruler of the world 
But tonight you're going to die. It's going to be over for you. He holds the hearts of men in his hands. He can harden that heart like he did for Pharaoh. Or he can turn it so soft that a king would run to a lion's den first thing in the morning and say, Daniel, did your God save you? There are people that seek after the Lord with their whole heart. I want that to be Him. I just want you to know what His desire is for your life. This world wants to distract you from your relationship with Him and from your relationship with each other, but I tell you that if you go fast and hard after the Lord, with everything that you've got, that you will find Him. But if you want to ignore Him, avoid Him, hide from Him, He'll do for you like He did Adam in the garden, say, Adam, where are you? You go right on just sowing your fig leaves trying to cover your sin and shame. And it won't work. God knows right where you are. He knows everything that you're doing. And He will judge rightly. Let's pray. God, I thank You for Jesus who shed His blood on Calvary to save us from our sin. God, if there's somebody here who's lost, I pray that they would not leave this building today without coming and talking to me about being saved, born again. Lord, I pray for every born-again believer in this room, Lord, that they would fear You first and foremost above everything else, Lord, that they would make You the priority of their lives. That they would read Your Word every day and pray every day and sing praises to You and honor You that they would bear witness and testimony, Lord, that they would be disciples. Lord, I pray that you would bear much fruit through their lives as they stay rooted and grounded in truth in a world full of lies. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.